Hey, great show for you today on the podcast, the Bill Maher segments, um, right back to back with our guest, Rand Paul, to talk about these vaccine mandates and Fauci and what the future is. Kaepernick comparing the NFL to slavery. We we actually had a call from uh, somebody who who really thought that he was on the right track uh, on that. And the Joe Rogan effect, standing with people you can't believe you're standing with. What is that effect? All on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Jim Jordan from Ohio, the House ranking member for the GOP, author of Do What You Said You Would, you would Do. Uh, welcome, Jim. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Glenn. Good to be with you. Great to uh, great to have you here, and thank you for fighting the good fight. Uh, I oh, mean, you I, too. I, I I watch your clips, and I'm like, oh, thank God somebody is is saying this. Are we are we losing as badly as it feels we're like we're losing? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, the Democrats haven't done anything that's been helpful to the country. Every policy. You know, I, I said we went from energy independence to the spectacle of the president of the United States begging OPEC to increase production. We went from a secure border to chaos. We went from safe streets to, to violent crime because they defund the, uh, the, the police in every major urban area. We went from respect around the world to the debacle that was the Afghanistan exit. No, no, and you can go. So, no, yeah, we're not we're not winning, but I think we might win today. We might win today in Virginia. Yeah. And that'll be a good sign. And I think. This I really think this memo from the attorney general a few weeks ago that that came public where he's going after parents of school. I think that's sort of the last straw and Americans are like, we've had it with the attacks on our freedom. We're going to start pushing back. And if Glenn Youngkin wins tonight, um, I think that's a huge sign that the country is about to turn things around. Yeah, I we are we're standing even if he doesn't win tonight, because I I don't know about the the vote, but even if he doesn't win tonight. People shouldn't get discouraged because I'm seeing them stand up more and more and more. I mean, the yeah. courts just reversed the mandate thing in Chicago for the police, which is a blessing for Chicago. They must have been freaked out of their mind with even less police officers on the street. Um, but people are people are starting to find their voice, which I haven't seen before. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, and. And frankly, it's because it's been for now over a year of government assaulting people's First Amendment liberties. Every I told a group the other day, every single right we enjoy under the First Amendment has been assaulted. Your right to practice your faith, your right to petition your government, right to assemble, right uh, freedom of press, freedom of speech. And, and America is beginning to push back. And the good news is uh, freedom is contagious. Courage is contagious. One person stands up, then pretty three people standing up and moms at school board meetings stand up and on and on it goes. And I think you're seeing a reawakening uh, and, and a embracing of freedom starting to happen again in this country. And that is that is a good sign. Do you uh, do you see the the president's bills passing? Are they going to pass? Well, so think about it. Four- Oh, you're breaking oh, up. Yeah. You're, you're breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, you there, Glenn? You, can yeah, we hear you? I can I hear you now. now. Yep. So, so four, four different times, the Speaker House has said, today's the day of the vote. And so she's 0 for 4. And twice she's brought the, the President of the United States to Capitol Hill, and he's 0 for 2. So let's, let, you know, the odds seem to be moving in our direction. So hopefully you don't get the votes for this thing. Hopefully, um, hopefully it doesn't pass. And it's not just the crazy $3 trillion in spending. 
It's the policies contained in the legislation. I know. It's, it's the Green New Deal stuff. It's the tax increases. I told, I told this, I was speaking, I said, think about the Democrats' economic plan. The Democrats' economic plan is basically lock down the economy, spend like crazy, pay people not to work, and then for everyone who has been working, oh, we're getting ready to raise your taxes. Such a deal. So, so, so bad. So let's hold this stuff. Yeah, let's hope this stuff doesn't pass. Um, you wrote the book, Do What You Said You Would Do. It seems uh, like obvious advice, but how come people don't do that when they go to Congress? Because it's so easy to get here and just go along. And the whole town is rigged against doing what you told the voters back home, what families and taxpayers and small business owners want you to do. The whole town is rigged against it. The bureaucracy is against it. The, the, the mainstream press is against it. All the Democrats are against it. And frankly, some of the Republicans. And that, that's why I'm, I've been, I was so impressed with what President Trump was able to do. Because all those groups were against him. And yet, in spite of all that, yeah. he actually did more what he said he would do than any president, certainly in our lifetime, Glenn. Yep. So it's it, it's really i always tell folks we make this job way too complicated what did you tell the voters you were going to do when you ran from the job for the job if they elect you go do what you said go do what you told them that's the contract you formed but uh, people get here and, and don't do it so i think your listeners will enjoy the read i really do we, we take them behind the scenes and interactions with the president um i've been fortunate to be involved in every big investigation that's happened here the irs the benghazi investigation of course the impeachment and so we, we give them a feel for what it's like behind the scenes and all those uh, all those investigations and so, a lot about the Freedom Caucus. So one of the things, Jim, that is um, that I think people are so frustrated on is what do all these investigations end up doing? Nothing. Nobody ever seems to pay a price. Yeah, well, unless they're Republicans, you know, unless it's Michael Flynn, unless it's, you know, the, the, the bogus investigations, the bogus stuff that was done at the Justice Department. No, you're right. And, it, and frankly, it used to be the number one question I get uh, People walk up to me all the time and say, when is someone going to jail? And they were mostly back during the Mueller investigation and, and, and the whole crazy Trump-Russia uh, you know, collusion, false narrative. Um, you're right. But all we can do in Congress, I can't put anyone in jail. All I can do is get the facts out to the American people and hope we have a Justice Department that's actually willing to hold people accountable yeah. and not let, this double, not let this double standard continue to happen, which is maybe more than anything, Glenn. And I know you get this from, from your callers and, and, and your listeners. Uh, I get it from constituents and folks I, I I see all over the country. They hate the double standard. They hate that you know lowest learner can do one thing, but we can't. We do the we do the same thing. We're in trouble. Or hey, Clinton gets away with this, and Andy McCabe gets uh, Garland just gives him all his back p- uh, pension and and pays for his attorney fees, even though he lied several times to the inspector general and lied to the FBI. We don't get that that kind of uh, treatment. So. It does drive Americans crazy. Yeah. Well, it should, but the only I don't think we want we don't want that treatment. I think Americans and this is what the left miss. Uh, Americans are fair. They're decent and fair. They want the rules to apply evenly. Yep. Yep. No, it's human nature. And, you know, you, from the time you're a kid, you're, you know, someone at school gets two cookies, you get one. And you, you pick the thing. It's just in, in, instinctively we get fairness and we, we, we want fairness. And it's part of the American system. It's called equal treatment under the law. But when we don't see it happening, it is frustrating. It is wrong. And, and, it, and it shouldn't take place. So what do people do? Let me switch to the uh, to the virus uh, and the masking and the, all of this craziness about having a vaccine yeah. passport. It, it it's, feels so incredibly unconstitutional. Is, yeah, I think it is. I think it is, too. Where Where is this headed? And how come it hasn't been, you know, headed off at the pass yet? Well, I think here's the good sign. And I, I guess I said this earlier, but 
But, you know, Kyrie Irving stands up and says, no, we're not going to go for it. Then you got the Chicago Police Union and then you got you got parents at school board meetings and then you have health care workers in New York. Uh, again, I think you're seeing more and more Americans say, wait a minute, this is not how it works. We know instinctively this is this is not constitutional. We know it's going to get challenged in court once OSHA comes up with their final ruling and is actually, you know, so I think Americans are pushing back. Um, I don't think it is constitutional. But that doesn't seem to stop this administration. You know, they just continue to do one stupid thing after another, one unconstitutional move after another. And again, it's why they're at what, what, what was uh, 71 percent of the country thinks Joe Biden uh, has got the country on the wrong track. Oh, yeah. Um, frankly, I'd like to know who these 29 percent are. <laughs> <laughs> who, thinks, who thinks we're on the right? Track? Right. I know. Uh, I know. The, 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 uh, so I think Americans are pushing back. And, and I do think in the end. Freedom has a way of winning out, uh, even if it takes, even if it's difficult and tough and in a, a long, long road. I think it wins out, um, and more and more, more Americans are are doing the right thing and, and standing up for uh, for their First Amendment liberties. You were um, great um, when uh, Viola Garcia was uh, mm-hmm. w- w- was being. Um, you know the letter that was was given yeah. to the White House and then the Justice Department. Um, is anything going to come of this f- with Merrick Garland? Well, we've asked him to rescind it. And the, the idea that, you know, one day after that hearing, uh, two weeks ago in the, in the House Judiciary Committee, when, when Merrick Garland said the only basis for his memorandum was, in fact, the original letter sent from the School Board Association to the president, and then the School Board Association apologizes the very next day. And I told some group, this doesn't happen in D.C., where a major left-wing group apologizes. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just your normal apology. They apologized twice in one paragraph. We, we, we regret and apologize for the letter. We apologize for the stress this has caused. So th- this was a full, you know, full backpedal because they saw how bad this was hurting um, McAuliffe in his race. They saw how wrong this was. Now, Garland has yet to rescind the memo. So what we did yesterday is we sent a letter to every U.S. attorney in all 94 districts, because remember, his memorandum said he wanted he wanted action taken in all the judicial districts around the country. So we sent a letter to them. What are you doing? And, and never forget the day he sends this memorandum on October 4th, accompanying the memorandum was a press release. And the press release said we're going to get the National Security Division of the Justice Department involved. But that's a division that deals with domestic terrorism. So this idea that they weren't treating parents as domestic terrorists is just not. I mean, it's it, that's what they were doing, as, as indicated by the fact in your press release accompanying the memorandum on the same day. You're talking about the National Security Division being involved in the task force to deal with moms and dads at school board meetings. This is frightening what they're doing. And again, this is why parents are saying no, no, no. When you start telling parents that, oh, government's smarter and knows better about your kids than you do as moms and dads, moms and dads are going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not we're not buying that baloney. And they are speaking out, standing up and defending the, the, the truth and defending their, their rights as parents. So I think this is going to backfire on them big time. And I do think in the end he'll rescind it, but he hasn't yet. We're talking to uh, Jim Jordan, the um, Republican from uh, from Ohio and the author of the new book. Do what you say you you do what you said you'd do. Um, I want to ask you about the um, the freedom of speech caucus that you have going on, mm-hmm. the campus free speech caucus. Yeah. yeah. Well, this this is I mean, you know how the cancel culture mob and the woke mob, what they're doing to people. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's most prevalent uh, sometimes, I think, on, on college campuses. Mary Weiss, when she re- when she resigned from The New York Times and she wasn't even on the right. She was actually center left. When she resigned and talked about the, the, the cancel culture mindset that dominates so much in, in mainstream press and so many places, so many institutions now, 
She says, if you go against the woke mob, you will face what, what she termed was the digital Thunderdome. And I thought, what an appropriate term. You will, you will, they will attack you, your family, your employer. Well, on college campuses, they just come after you. You're not allowed to speak out. You're not allowed to be conservative. And so this is something we're doing with some young, brave students around the country. Kat Kamek, a new member from, from Florida, young, uh, new young member. She's doing a great job with this. Dr. Murphy's doing a great job. So we've got this, this caucus. We're also working on legislation to go after big tech. Specifically, the first bill we want is to get rid of the, the liability protection they enjoy under its so-called Section 230. So there's a number of things we're trying to do that will that will push back and stop this attack on, as I said earlier, every right we enjoy under the First Amendment. And, of course, of those five rights we have under the First Amendment, Glenn, you know that the most important one, even more important than your right to practice your faith, is your right to speak. Because if you can't speak, how do you really get to practice your faith? Right. How do you really get to, to worship uh, the, the way you're supposed to worship? So the, the free speech issue is so important, um, and we're trying to push back on, on what's happening out there in the culture every way we can. Jim Jordan, the author of the book, Do What You Said You Would Do. It's available everywhere now, wherever books are sold, um, and you should pick it up. Uh, Jim is uh, a leader in the uh, Freedom Caucus. He is also the GOP House Ranking Member. One last question. Have you thought if you take over the House— have you thought about asking Donald Trump to be the Speaker of the House? Yeah, that's, that's been talked about. Um, I mean, that's something if, if the president would be interested in that, that's certainly something I think uh, that, uh, that, that, that people would, would entertain. But I think mostly what uh, most likely what's going to happen, he's going to run for president. Kevin McCarthy is going to be speaker. And uh, we're going to have to focus on doing what we told the voters we we're going to do, stopping this nonsense from, uh, from the Biden administration and, and the Democrats that control the government. Um, but I think President Trump's going to run for president. I've already said I'm too. for him 100 percent. I'm for him 100 percent. We need him back in there. Again, you know, talk about doing what you said you would do. He said he would cut taxes. He did. He said he reduced regulations. He did. He said he'd get out of the Iran deal. He did. He said he'd get out of the Paris deal. He did. He said he put the embassy in Jerusalem. He did. He said he put conservatives on the court. I mean, you, you can just go down the list. No one's ever done it. When, 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 I just, when we go to the White House with President Trump, they had the big whiteboard there in the West Wing, and they had every single campaign promise they made. And then they put a check mark when they got it done. That's how you're supposed to govern. That's how you're supposed to lead in this great country. And we have way too few people who are willing to actually say one thing at the election day and then get in office and do that very thing. He was willing to do it. And uh, what a contrast the American people now see between what he oh, yeah. did and this, this, this Biden guy. Oh, yeah. Um, Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you so much. Appreciate it. The name of the book is bet, Do right? What You Said You'd Do. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Our politics, I don't think, have changed. But who we see engaging in similar thinking and truth-telling has changed. Yeah. Right? Um, who, like who, you, t- ten years ago, you and I would have, we would have never thought of being at the same table because we're on opposite sides, but we're really not. This is from a, a podcast with Heather Haying and her husband that are... Uh, are what I always thought were far, far left, but they actually are not. The far, far left is killing them now. They were professors up in uh, Oregon. And this is what makes strange bedfellows. The, the adversity that we're going through, it, it breaks people out of these categories because you have to examine what people are really for. And so there's a, there's this time where we are going to find ourselves standing together with people that you wouldn't expect. 
you know, uh, Nicki Minaj. For a brief moment, we were fighting for the same thing. Now, it was a brief moment, but it was a moment. All of a sudden, your ideological opposites are suddenly your allies. And that's when they stick around. And when you stick around, it's because you're bonded together for a cause, because there's something worth fighting for together. And when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, Heather Haying, uh, it is freedom of speech and diversity of thought and being able to express yourselves. That's quintessential. There is something that I'd like you to prepare for, and that is the welcome wagon. You remember what a welcome wagon was? I don't think they have them anymore, but a welcome wagon used to be when you'd move into a neighborhood, the neighborhood would would all get together and somebody was selected to bring the welcome wagon over, and it was food and and just kindness from the whole neighborhood. And... uh and everybody would get to know each other. Because if you were in the neighborhood, and this is the one I want to really emphasize, if you're in the neighborhood, chances are you're, you're friendly. Now, that's not always true. There are people in the neighborhood that are bat crap crazy. But we have to look for people that are in the neighborhood. What is the line for Americans? What is the final piece of adversity that will bring us together as the strangest of bedfellows. It may be happening right now. I think we're at the beginning of it. When rappers, listen to this, when rappers, Republicans, actors, environmentalists, truck drivers, NBA players, liberals, millionaires, moms, pop stars, sports anchors, comedians, and historians are all on the same team, you're starting to have e pluribus unum. They're, st- they're starting to stop arguing about the things that don't matter and start standing together for the things that do. I have a name for it. I just made it up. But it's the Joe Rogan effect. The Joe Rogan effect describes the countless Americans that have just come up to a line where they're just not going to cross. Regardless of politics, career, background, anything, they're just like, nope, I'm not going there. And Joe Rogan has come up to that line himself with the vaccine mandates, and he's just not going to cross it. If they can figure out a way to force you into carrying papers, into carrying something that lets you enter businesses or lets you do this or lets businesses open, mm-hmm. as soon as you give politicians power in any, any kind of power that didn't exist previously, Historically, they don't relinquish that power. They find new reasons to use it. So he has come up to that line. Remember about a year ago, I said, where is your line? What is the line that you won't cross? Many Americans are finding it right now. Too many are missing the opportunity, and it's going to put them too far down the field, I fear, to turn around at some point. But others are finding their line. Dave Chappelle has come up with his line the pressure to apologize for his comedy special and he said i will not cross it will not summon me i am not bending to anybody's demands jonathan isaac of the orlando magic reached the line he won't cross with the mandates at this point in time it is going to take courage 
it is going to take boldness to stand up for um, what it is that you believe and to say it proudly and to say it loudly. If you listen to this program, you heard, believe it or not, the rap artist Bryson Gray tell you on this program that when you've reached your line, it's time to stand up. It's time for us to like stand up and stop, stop allowing and succumbing to what's going on in this country. What's great about this is it brings me back to um, this woman that we, my family and I met in Poland. I've told you the story a million times that said the righteous didn't suddenly become righteous. They just refused to go over the cliff with everyone else. They just refused to go over the cliff. The Rogan effect is when you get to the cliff and you're like, okay, this is madness. I'm, I'm not going with you. Then after everybody else has jumped off the cliff, you look around and see, holy cow, I'm standing with you. You didn't jump off the cliff either. That's what this is. You're starting to see the people that won't jump off the cliff. And sometimes they're surprising. It's people who believe differently, live differently, think differently, dress differently. But the one thing we all have in common is we didn't go over the cliff. And for that reason, we're now a team. And each in our own way, we're trying to persuade others, don't go over the cliff. But they will. Some will. Some won't. Not going over the cliff makes you part of this team. And Joe Rogan is not the only one I've had several of these people on this show and that's good news good news because this is the kind of momentum on the side of liberty like we haven't seen in america for quite some time it's not a political stake it's not a party it's not even people that generally agree on a lot of stuff it's just that we agree on the things that matter See, we're always going to argue about things. That, that's what people forget. You're going to get your, he, your feelings hurt. Life isn't fair. Things don't always work out the way you want them. And if you're being raised in a world and you believe those things not to be true, that you're always going to have fair play, you're, you're never going to be insulted, you're never going to have your feelings hurt, you are in for a long, long life of misery. But we were always raised that life isn't fair. You're not going to always get the trophy. You're not all that special. You might be, but there's a lot of stuff that makes you ordinary. Usually people who are extraordinary, it's only in one little area. The rest of them is perfectly ordinary. These people who don't agree with each other are starting to stand together. And that is e pluribus unum. From many, one. Well, what brought us together in the first place? The idea that everybody's the same. That you have an equal shot. That God built us with 
these rights that nobody can take away and that it's up to you to take those things that you have and make the best of them. And sometimes people are going to win and sometimes people are going to win unfairly. But you just keep going. And a government should protect those people who are trying to do the right thing and living by those few rights and responsibilities. That's our unum. That parents should have the right to say to the teachers, no, you're not teaching that to my child. No. No, you might teach that to other children, but not my child. And I have a right to say what I believe with my child. It's my child, not the government's, not the public's, not a part of the collective. He or she is mine. That's worth standing up for. That's worth feeling alone for. That's worth fighting for. People have died for less than that. The point is here. You're not alone. And you're not standing there with a bunch of people who all voted for Trump or who all like the flavor of chocolate for their ice cream. You're standing around probably the most diverse group of people in both color, uh, background, and philosophies. You are probably in the most diverse group in all of America today if you found your line and you just won't cross it. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Eric Schmidt is running for U.S. Senate. He is uh, also the Missouri Attorney General. I'd love to have you in the uh, U.S. Senate, but where does that leave? Missouri, uh, you have somebody good to replace you as the attorney general? There'll be a long line of people on okay. that job, I'm sure. Um, you were here in Texas just a couple of weeks ago, and you were here because you were supporting a lawsuit uh, against the Biden administration of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about that lawsuit first on the border. Yeah, so we went to El Paso with the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and announced our lawsuit um, for Joe Biden to finish the wall. The fact is... billion was appropriated by Congress. The president has no authority um, to not spend that money on the border wall. Uh, Under the take care clause of the Constitution, he swears an an oath to uphold the Constitution and faithfully execute the laws of the country. Um, So there's a constitutional argument, to be sure. There's also an administrative law um, argument that basically this is arbitrary and capricious their decision not to do it because when the trump administration moved forward with that wall they gave a lot of great evidence in the record as to why walls are important Mm -hmm. and traveling with those border patrol agents it's amazing glenn you go from no wall to some wall to a haphazard wall to a permanent wall to no wall all the while there are materials 20 feet away for a 30 foot high permanent wall and Missouri's interest in this is just like it was with the Remain in Mexico lawsuit that we filed with Texas that we won at the Supreme Court in a 6-3 decision. Now, amazingly, we have to go back to court to enforce that. 
Jeez. It's amazing. But this is the really bad thing about this administration. Yeah. Usually the, the administration. I mean, first of all, the president's job, the veto is supposed to be for something he thinks is unconstitutional, not something he doesn't like, something right. that is unconstitutional. Instead, he is supporting things that they say are unconstitutional, but let's give it a whirl. Let's see what the Supreme Court says. But then when they come back and say it's unconstitutional, they don't change their behavior. Right. We got to go back in court now and enforce that. And it's, it is unprecedented. And it goes to show you, I think, how far the left is willing to go. And they are playing for keeps. But you don't have to look very far in the, in the yeah. Senate right now. You're a, a senator or two away from adding states to the union, packing the Supreme Court, federalizing our elections. I mean, they mean business. Yeah, they do. And um, and so that's why I think it's very important for the attorneys general across the country to step up in our system of federalism, which, by the way, the founders knew very well human nature and they devised a system of government that spread out power, diffused it so no one branch, no one person ever got too powerful. They're supposed to jealously guard it. Um, and the states play an important role in that too, right? The states created the federal government, a government of limited powers. By the way, one of those limited powers is securing the border. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's up to the states now to push back and say, you need to do your job. You have the money, $3.8 billion, to finish this border wall. Go do it. There is a policy in place that can protect our southern border, the Remain in Mexico policy that we want in the Supreme Court. Now go implement that. So, and by the way, all that, Glenn, is to, meant to protect individual liberty, Right. It diffuses power so individuals can live their lives. Correct. We're talking to Eric Schmidt. He's the Missouri Attorney General. The, the, the problem is, is that everything at the federal level, all of the checks and balances seemingly have broken down. And so it's now on the states. It's on you guys uh, in particular, the Attorney Generals. I had somebody, one of my... <laughs> Very, very cynical uh, producers who wasn't so cynical, you know, just a few years ago, um, uh, say, what good do these attorney generals do? I mean, it's a it's a press conference and then nothing happens. Well, unfortunately, the courts move a little bit slower, slower than we'd like to. Um, But I think we're starting to see those results. And so the truth is, I mean, he's been in office for less than 300 days. Amazingly. It feels like a lot longer than that, but it does feel like our culture in our country is slipping away. And I think it is up to the AGs right now to push back. We're getting some wins. The, the federal leasing are the, uh, the um, drilling on federal lands. We won that lawsuit. We've got the Keystone XL pipeline in the mix. Missouri. So wait, 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 what, what does that mean? Meaning that Biden on day one, there are two, I think two major policy um, priorities for him on day one, energy and immigration. Mm-hmm. So what he did was, is he came in on day one and tried to undo everything, all the successes that President Trump had, right? Cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. Mm-hmm. He created a working group called, um, well, to, to analyze what the quote unquote social cost of greenhouse gases is. Now here's, this is like Nostradamus, not Newton, right? They predict into the future. John Kerry, the climate czar, leads this group. I'm not making this up. Mm-hmm. Leads this group, predict hundreds of years into the future, what migration patterns and warfares look like. And they attribute all of that cost to greenhouse gases, right? Pull it back into real time, present day value, and then charge these agencies to go tax and regulate agriculture, manufacturing. And we've got a lawsuit to fight that too. And by the way, that's going to seep into all these regulatory actions anyway. You see some of this rhetoric that's being spouted off by Biden over in Europe right now as they mm-hmm. apply to fly in their private jets there and mm-hmm. have their cars idling for them. Um, this is the next round of 
executive actions and continual emergency orders like we're seeing with the the vaccine. He said yesterday that he is issuing an emergency order on uh, on climate change. Yeah. And I was just having this debate with somebody just the other day about what do you it doesn't stop with the covid-19 it doesn't stop if you allow them this amount of play yep. the, the next thing that is a health hazard is climate change and gun control absolutely and you got jb pritzker in our neighboring state already rattling that saber a little bit talking about a public health crisis and emergency orders this stuff that's why so in missouri I have been very aggressive, not just pushing back against the federal government overreach, but also these lo- local petty tyrants, right? In St. Louis County, the county, it's the largest county. It's a million people. The county executive has tried to, on his own, issue a mask order. We fought him in court um, and won to stop the forced masking of a million people, right? This is a much larger debate. This is about who we are. This is about who we've been and who we're going to be. We've been the freest country in the history of the world. It's been an exception. That's when we talk about American exceptionalism, right? Our founders believed that everybody has a right to pursue their dreams, right? And that they knew human nature and that tyrants throughout the course of human history and even today try to accumulate and aggregate and exert power and control. And we're living it and we've got to fight back on every front. I said on a video that went viral um, that uh, I don't want to live in some futuristic biomedical dystopian Mm-hmm. medical state i don't mm-hmm. and so my job right now is to fight back on every front with everything i've got to protect individual rights and liberty so let's talk about what you're doing um with the mandates because mm-hmm. we got a call from uh, some 3m plant workers in your state yep uh and they're like look we i mean we're gonna lose our job and where are we going to work where are we going to work if these mandates uh happen so what what are the states doing? What are you doing to stop this? So there's two fronts here. Uh, the, the first one opened up last week. Missouri led a 10 state coalition against the federal contractor mandate vaccine mandate, which is an enormous power grab by the federal government and could, according to the Department of Labor, affect about 25 percent of workers who have some connection connection to a federal contract even though they're not Mm -hmm. working on anything related Mm -hmm. to any federal dollars but again this is about you will obey you can work today you can't work today you're fired do what we say put the mask on take the take the vaccine and again i think it fits into a much larger picture right and fight and so so we're fighting missouri's leading on that we anticipate the employer mandate coming in a matter of days so you can't file anything for like against 3M or against, you know, all companies doing this until they're actually. So there's something. Yeah. So once that order is actually issued um, for the employer mandate, right? Once that order is issued, then we have the ability to sue. Right now, what he's doing, Joe Biden's doing is he said this weeks, month, over a month ago. Yeah. We're going to do it. And I think he's applying a lot of pressure to these entities before he actually issues. And it. you don't have a right to stop. That. Correct. Um but he's trying to pressure these businesses into doing it, which is cynical at best. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, about power and control. And um, I think they're also waiting because they know they're going to lose. It could be that they're waiting because this Virginia race, too. Who knows? 
is, I mean, all these things are incredibly unpopular. People see it for what it is, which is the heavy hand of government forcing people to do things that in their own good conscience might not do. I, I think people ought to be able to make these decisions. It's like the, ma- the forced masking of five-year-olds. I know. Parents and now can, the vaccination of five-year-olds. Yeah, parents can make these decisions. And by the way, the, the left has dreamed of this scenario for a long time, mm-hmm. right? To have the state enter our lives in mm-hmm. every conceivable way and continue to get bigger and bigger. And I think that as a conservative, the, the maximum amount of space between the state and the individual so they can pursue their dreams, make their choices, is the right place for us to be. And we have to fight for it. It's never been in more danger than it is right now. There's no doubt about it. We're talking to Eric Schmidt. He is the Missouri Attorney General and a candidate for the U.S. Senate. Uh, More with him. I want to get into the details of this Google lawsuit that really kind of came out yesterday that are stunning. If those things are true, it's stunning what Google is actually doing. All right, so uh, we're talking to Eric Schmidt, the um, Missouri Attorney General and U.S. Senate candidate. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the the Google lawsuit. That By the way, not to be confused with the Eric Schmidt from Google, right? Yeah, I know, yeah, right. I know, I know. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, the the lawsuit we've heard talk about it for a for a while that it was coming. Um, and yesterday is at least the first time I saw it. Was it just was it just filed? No, it's been filed. I think more details are starting to come out about the allegations for sure. So I'm I'm looking at it, and it's like 170 pages. Uh, and the the things they're doing, the antitrust things that they appear to be doing, the way they are just manipulating, lying, and controlling of so much online is terrifying it is and i think this is the uh you know the tyranny of big tech is a real thing and in my view if you want to take a step back originally you know when the internet um was uh, first came into the public consciousness it was sort of this big ibm machine right like mm-hmm. this, this supercomputer somewhere mm-hmm. which certainly connoted uh the connotations um, were that it was centralized. Right. Then you see in the 90s this kind of democratization, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of my view of what the internet should be. People have access to information mm-hmm. and um, people can freely communicate. It is a platform. And by the way, that's when those Section 230 protections came into play mm-hmm. in 1996 because, hey, if you're just going to be a platform for people to put their ideas out, we're not going to hold you accountable like a publisher, right? Right, right. Now things have changed. Mm-hmm. Now we see the centralization again by a few companies that control a massive, more information that the world has ever had at its fingertips in the history of mankind. 90% of the searches are controlled by Google. And if you think about that, that is immense power. And when that power is utilized in a way that Google is utilizing it, it's very scary. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not only violating privacy, they're colluding uh, with Facebook to... Uh, thwart investigations into them from the federal government, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Um, and they are, they are um, telling people that are doing business with them that you're going to get this data and et cetera, but they're not giving that data to people. They're, they're consuming all that data. Correct. And the, and the algorithms, if you are um, paying to be, you know, advertising yeah. on Google and you're on, 
and you maybe you're not a favored industry or mm-hmm. company and you end up on page 12 not page one mm-hmm. it's over right what right. is the what is it nobody gets to see behind the curtain with you know in the land i don't of think Oz i've here. made it past three <laughs> right? and that's when i was really <laughs> looking for something i'm sure i've seen search <laughs> yeah. results for me too i'm yeah. sure that i end up on yeah you know the, the bad stories are at the front of yeah, the line yeah yeah but um but yeah, this the the the, uh, the antitrust essentially, if you wanted to boil it down into layman's terms, is that um, they have created an anti-competitive um, atmosphere, right? By using their power, particularly with the deals that they have with Apple, with um, Verizon, or not Verizon, but um, Microsoft, Microsoft, all, so basically be the preferred search engine, right? Mm-hmm. And they will do anything to maintain. The position at the top of the heap and the practices that they're employing to do that are anti-competitive and violate antitrust laws and so for me again that's google but i think as it relates to big tech this is a uh one of the most important issues that not a lot of people are talking about but that think about it we've got supercomputers in our hands there's more power in these iphones than sent people to the moon Mm -hmm. in the late 1960s right Mm -hmm. and uh if you've got people who, by the way, have made a decision, Google made a decision to work with the Chinese military mm-hmm. with AI, mm-hmm. machine learning. And won't with us. But we're woke enough, I guess, not to do it with the United States of America. So there's a lot on the line here. So I, I'm, um, we're committed um, to moving this lawsuit forward. And it's a powerful tool. Now, these things, antitrust cases, take a long time. But the discovery that could come from all of this, I think would be telling too. And I think Google's afraid of that. It is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's quite a, a, a read. You should read it. It's again, about 170 pages, but how many States are involved in this? Well, now? I think all in all, there's a couple of different lawsuits. It's pretty bipartisan. Now, interestingly, different States come at this for different reasons. Uh-huh. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's really an interesting kind of when the political spectrum looks more like a circle than linear. I think that's kind of what you got here. Yeah. So, um, one last thing they're putting through, I've got one minute, uh, they're putting through a new FCC commissioner, uh, and we're very concerned about freedom of speech, yeah. especially on public airwaves. Um, you are one of the, the, uh, attorney generals that will stand for broadcasters. Absolutely. And like we did, by the way, for second amendment rights and that, that nominee got spiked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were the we pushed back against Merrick Garland for sick in the DOJ yep. and uh, the FBI on parents. So we'll be on that front line again. I, nothing could be more important than the free expression of ideas. It's the it's the pressure release valve for our republic. Eric Schmidt and important, as he said, to point out, not the one from Google. Uh, he is the Missouri attorney general and running for U.S. Senate. You can find his uh, information at Schmidt for Senate dot com. That's Schmidt for Senate dot com. Eric, thank you so much for all you do. Great to be with you. Glenn. God bless. Uh-huh.